Welcome to Life After Bay, the podcast for all life and love forms of Acadia Bay and beyond. I'm your host Martin, as known as It's Me Maxine. So first I want to apologize for publishing this episode a little bit late, but I had to admit I was enjoying my vacation too much. This is the second episode that will focus this time on the phenomenon of fan fiction stories. If you want to hear a little bit about myself, please give the trailer and episode one a try. Kudos again to Riley Hawk for letting me use her Life is Strange inspired music for the podcast. And of course, Olya Rue for the new fan art of Kate for this specific episode. Today, I will do my first interview in this podcast. So a total premiere for me. If you want to jump right into the interview, the wonderful Rainbow, I will set chapter marks so that you can use your favorite player or app to skip directly to the interview. After the interview, I will state some news I found about the Life is Strange fandom. I will now only say a few words about my love to fanfics and how I found out about them and will then no longer delay the interview. I have to admit that I never read any fanfiction story before I found out about them on the Life is Strange fandom community. What a missed opportunity and universe left to explore I can only say now after over one year of exploring. In the beginning I was stumbling over a link from the user Eshalat, which posted her AO3 story on Discord. After I found out that AO3, which stands for Archive of Our Own, is one of the biggest fanfiction sites, I started reading. And I was overwhelmed by the quality, dedication and feedback culture. The name of my first story was Make Your Own Choice, one of the longest fanfics I've read so far. And I believe this could easily be a novel or even a template for a movie. After I officially was diagnosed with having Asperger autism, I began writing a fanfic story of an autistic Max myself and put a lot of, of my background and experiences into that story. I never wrote a story before and it felt like therapy for me and it was total fun. But I also have to say that I also saw what a huge amount of hard work, research and commitment it meant. If you want to have a peek into my story, I will link it in the show notes. I may write a sequel to that. So without further ado, here comes the interview with Rainbow. So today I have the honor to make the first interview with this podcast with the author of many fanfiction stories. It's Rainbow. Welcome and glad you had time to answer some questions regarding the life fandom complex. I'm happy to be here. Ah, fine. She's the author of 44 works on AO3. This is an archive of our own, one of the biggest fan fiction sites out there. She's known for her wonderful, diverse stories and deep character studies. Please say a few words about yourself, Rain. I'm a 26-year-old IT engineer living in Canada, um, currently getting snowed on quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've been very busy this year. <laughs> okay, that's good to hear. I mean, I only started writing fanfic this year, and I've got 44 works published, so... Overall, 44 works. This uh, set by AO3, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, I was once in Canada, but that this is uh, 24 years, I think, ago with my wife. Uh, it was our honeymoon in Canada, and it was very nice. We were at the, I think, at the east uh, coast in Halifax, and it was wonderful. Ah, Halifax. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. really wonderful. Yeah, yeah. But it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
I will have some questions about fan fictions uh, in this podcast. So we will concentrate on this first. How do you get into fan fiction? I was really bored. <laughs> I got laid off at the start of the pandemic and I had lots of free time and I'd heard about fanfic and just never gotten into it. And so I'm like, well, might as well. I got nothing to do. And I kind of fell down a rabbit hole through all of April. And then now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. I, I thought you were a long-term writer because when I, I see your stories, they are so elaborate and yeah, <laughs> they're fantastic. No, I actually started writing in March. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's so. It's almost one year ago. Yeah, March twentieth will be the one year from when I started. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I only <laughs> managed to write one story <laughs> in this year. <laughs> so, but maybe, maybe I get it, get along. <laughs> so, talking about fanfics in general, what do you like best about them? Really, what I like seeing is the characters I know and love going through new things, be it canon continuations or alternate universes. I just like seeing how the characters react to different situations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what genres or fandoms or ships or anything else in fanfics do you prefer? I mean, obviously, mostly lesbian stuff. Beyond that, I'm down for pretty much anything that doesn't involve lots of gore and torture. Okay, sure, sure. When you discovered uh, fan fictions, was there anything new or unexpected or anything that stuck out the most? The sheer quality of it. The, the Life is Strange fandom has lots of works that I would be, that I feel like should be winning prizes <laughs> for published fiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can totally understand. I totally agree. It has a bad reputation. A lot of people see it like training wheels for writers. Like, oh, you're not ready to try writing original fiction yet. You just stick to fanfic, mm -hmm. honey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it was it was very, very yeah. This was wonderful. This was absolutely uh, yeah, a new universe for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So um, there are also crossovers out out there. I think other themes. What about you? Do you like crossover fandom stories or anything specific? I hesitate to make blanket statements. It really depends on the level of execution for me. If it's well executed, mm -hmm. then I'll probably be interested, especially if it's telling an interesting story. But if it's just like, oh, here's this character from this other fandom, okay, bye, <laughs> then it's just kind of like, what was the point of that? <laughs> mm, okay, okay. Are there any other themes or genre mixes um, you're interested in? Uh, this stuff that can be interesting, like taking a character, a character who's genre savvy and putting them in a different genre, so they're not they're now wrong genre savvy is always fun. Mm -hmm. Or having a character expect. Uh, Really, though, as long as the author is putting passion and it's moderately well executed, mm -hmm. I'll probably enjoy it. <laughs> okay, that's well, good to hear. Just one question, because I just saw it recently, I think today, uh, that you have vampire stories. Is this the <laughs> genre? <laughs> it's absolutely okay. It's okay, but uh, I haven't seen it before. Uh, maybe I've overlooked it, but... Um, And I think we, uh, werewolves, or what is it called? Yeah, the the first fan fiction I published, Chloe and the Beast, is a werewolf fan fiction. Okay. Ah, maybe I have to read that too. Okay. <laughs> I will never give it a try yet. Have you ever created an uh, OC, so an original character, and what was your experience with that? I've had a few OCs of varying qualities, I, I will be the first to admit. 
it's definitely an interesting challenge to create a human a human's experience from scratch like okay where did they grow up what was their what was their upbringing like what are their friends like what's their family life like yeah yeah. I, i tend to go down a bit of a rabbit hole and just create a whole human like oh i need to make a character who fit, f- fits in like a few paragraphs okay better like make an entire person <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it's very difficult i think because uh, i see you see my daughter she comes up with a lot of characters and myself oh, I, i think it's not so easy looking at life is strange i think this is the main thing also for for you uh, in, in in story writing for sure the question is coming How did you get into the video game franchise of, of Life is Strange? It's been a long time. I think it was a friend who recommended it to me. And then I also saw uh, some of the some of it covered on Aaron Signal. And that made me interested enough to check it out. And uh, I got pretty hooked up until the end of episode two, where I failed to save Kate in my initial playthrough. And then I had to put the game down for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I eventually picked it back up and finished it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And was there anything special about it? For sure, but but anything that stuck out for you? I mean, just Chloe. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Chloe and I have a lot of commonalities in our past, and she's just a character I really just, I, I click with her, mm-hmm. and I, I really understand where she's coming from and what she's going through feels like. And seeing mm-hmm. someone like me on the screen really meant a lot to me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. Is there a special aha moment or during the game or afterwards for you? When I was playing through Life is Strange, I was still struggling a bit to accept my identity as a transgender woman for reasons I'm not going to go into. And Chloe really helped me through that. And just in general, the story of like before Life is Strange, you didn't like there were queer romances in like Mass Effect and Dragon Age, but they weren't like. Mm-hmm. They were side stories that you could mm-hmm. skip entirely, and they didn't really have any thematic importance. Like, Shepard's character isn't informed by, oh, if you romance Liara, it's just, oh, you want to romance Liara. Whereas the mm-hmm. the bond between Max and Chloe is, like, most of the story of Life is Strange. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, correct. Yeah, good to hear. Cool. Yeah, talking about the general fandom of, of Life is Strange. Yeah, how did you get into the fandom then? Most of I mostly just lurked in the Life is Strange uh, subreddit for a couple of years, slowly getting more involved. But I didn't really see a way into getting into any communities for it until I started writing fan fiction, and that was when I started actually making friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what do you like most about the fandom? How insanely diverse and talented it is! Like, I mean, of course, this fandom is queer centric, but mm-hmm. um, I've met my my friend group within the fandom has people from the Middle East to the UK to Latin America to South America, mm-hmm. uh, a couple Aussies, um, just diverse experiences from all over the world that all just clicked around this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's for sure. That's also one of the big strengths. Yeah. So on, uh, you said you were on on Reddit. What other platforms you are usually around to get new input or got get involved with fandom? Uh, Tumblr, Twitter, of course, Ao3 and Discord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of fandom input you like the most and why? 
like drawings, cosplay, fanfics, videos, etc. Okay, uh, mostly fan art and fix. That's what I'm really drawn to. Um, I mean, no shade on cosplayers. It's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. What what I liked is cosplay, yes, but I tried it once myself, but I think it's not easy. It's definitely an art, and the people yeah. who do it are amazing. It's yeah. just, like I said, it's not my thing. Starting with fan fiction and fanfics. When did you start writing, and, and why? Like I said earlier, I was mar- according to my the file history, my first I started writing first on March twentieth, and that's mm-hmm. for a fic I still haven't published. <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah, I need to fix that and publish it at some point. But I wrote that through March and most of April, and then I started writing Chloe and the Beast because I kind of hit a brick wall in terms of writer's block. And mm-hmm. I'll be entirely honest. I was like, okay, clearly the Beast, it's a dumb werewolf fic. I'll publish it, and if people don't care, then people don't care, and I'm not super invested in it. And now it has 10K hits. <laughs> yeah, cool. Cool. So, chokes on me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, good to hear. So, what do you like about the writer's community so much? It's just so vibrant and collaborative. Um, people have everyone has interesting ideas about what they want to write, and from there you can get your own ideas. And I've built a group of people who we mesh great. We just like we'll brainstorm an entire fic in like an afternoon, and then one of us has to go write it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's what I also saw today. Um, is that you made collaborations with other authors? I think I'm working on a hockey AU fic with Ghost in the Hella which is uh, ghost they are a pleasure to work with and absolutely brilliant and i i have a lot of things i'm working on with blues things mm-hmm. behind the scenes maybe they'll see the light of day soon <laughs> okay yeah cool i will ask some questions about your own fan fictions the first question goes to your story statistics yeah how did you get the idea to write about trans chloe in that story I mean, like I said before, I'm a trans woman and identify with Chloe, so there's the obvious, okay, so what if I put her through some of my experiences? But there's also just, Chloe's character in general is pretty gender non-conforming. I mean, I wouldn't call her a stone butch or anything, she's much more of a dyke, but her character as a whole is, you can really easily read into it the trans experience, which you can also do with Max, with how shy and nervous she is, but... Yeah, so I was just like, okay, well, let's see what happens if I do this. Yeah, cool. And additionally, have you read the story Bloom by uh, Mo Get Rat? Not yet, no, no, no. So it, it follows a trans max, like I was saying earlier, oh. and it's a really idealized version of the trans experience where mm-hmm. she pretty much gets accepted and everyone, everything's great, and she mm-hmm. has the support of her parents, which we hope every trans person gets. Mm-hmm. But that's not always the case. I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chloe's story is very much the, the flip side of the coin of what if you don't get the support you need and what if you're rejected by your parents and society in general so a more realistic way of showing things I wouldn't call it realistic both of them happen it's just more of a this is the other way it can go mm-hmm. okay yeah for sure Okay, so you write a lot of other hard topics like being homeless, I think, in the story and yeah, mm-hmm. self-harm. And what are the reactions from the readers? Uh, generally extremely positive. A lot of readers with statistics, especially my trans readers, 
they feel seen and reading their experiences on a page means a lot to them. I had one commenter saying it, that it, it felt too real in a good way because she's trans and she was homeless and was acted as a, a drug mule <laughs> to make and to be able to feed herself, mm-hmm. which is what Chloe is doing when we first meet her. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, it's also uh, surprisingly, it's helped a few people un- themselves understand that they are trans, which has been okay. mm-hmm. an amazing experience of like someone in the comments saying, Oh, okay. This makes me think I might be trans. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, since some people in the trans community call that breaking someone's egg, which mm. I won't go super into, it's just the terminology some mm. communities use. Mm. To see the impact of your story, it's wonderful for an author. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I've definitely been blindsided by it. <laughs> yeah, cool. There's another story I think which is very um, yeah liked by the, the the readers. It's stuck in the closet with you, but the early teen years of Max and Chloe. How was that to write about that? It's a very different challenge. Young people, like, the worst way you can write about a teenager or a kid is if, as if they're an idiot, right? Mm-hmm. Kids have rich inner lives. They, they have, they're still people, but they, they lack context and they have, they make different leaps of logic because they have different pressures on them. But they're still Max and Chloe. They're still really cha- charming characters and they still really care for each other. And writing a story where If just one thing had gone slightly differently, they'd stayed in touch and just seeing all the ripple effects from that as I think through the story and where it's going to go based on them still having each other in their lives. I mean, the butterfly effect is a big thing in the game for a reason. You change one thing in the past and the future mm-hmm. is entirely different. Yeah. 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 Why do you think the readers like the story so much? I mean... People just like Max and Chloe to start with, and seeing them as as younger as teen young teenagers figuring out their feelings for each other is definitely something a lot of people really enjoy, and they really wanted more of it, which <laughs> obviously they're getting. Although I think they're not going to be very happy what's going to happen in the near future, but oh, wow. that's what happens when you make a wish and the monkey's paw curls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see. <laughs> Then you, uh, there's another story, Happy Little Accidents, where they get into a short uh, car accident, correct? <laughs> yeah, they get in a fender bender. The, the story came about because I was driving home and someone nearly rammed me and okay. gave me an idea. So I almost got in a car accident, so I wrote about it in a fic. <laughs> okay. Go that, figure. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. Yeah. How's the feedback to the stories? It's been generally extremely positive. I've had one person who was uh, really nitpicky, but thankfully they have stopped commenting on my works and life has been good. <laughs> Are there any specific things you do when writing or gathering new ideas? Ideas just kind of happen to me. I don't tend to go seeking them out. Sometimes I'll just see a piece of art and go, oh, that gives me an idea or something in real life will happen or someone will make a comment and then There's a whole thick in my brain, and I gotta get it out. <laughs> yeah, cool. Are there any specific things you do when writing or gathering new ideas? To, sound, to be a cliche, uh, the medium is the message, mm-hmm. right? Every every different medium has different limitations. You can't write for television the same way you write mm-hmm. for a game, the same way you write literature. They're different. They're fundamentally different things, and you need to adapt to that genre, that medium. 
So while there's obviously limitations in writing, there's limitations in making videos, there's limitations in making games. Mm -hmm. It's really a, a matter of picking what works best for the story you want to tell. Mm -hmm. Do you choose writing for a specific uh, reason or? Because I can't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely okay. <laughs> uh, I can't draw and I'm too lazy for everything else. <laughs> okay, I see. Uh, me, me too. <laughs> okay. Of course, Strange is about hard topics and I think it's also opened up a whole new world, as you said, for diversity, for queerness. Do you think there are topics or anything else that is missing from your side or should have been developed more? I mean, obviously, when you're making any kind of media, there's always stuff you leave on the cutting room floor. Mm -hmm. And there are definitely characters that I would have loved to see more of. I would have liked to get to know Dana better. I would have liked mm -hmm. to spend more time with Kate after her attempt. I would have loved mm -hmm. to see Chloe and Kate actually interact. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, the, the developers wanted to focus either through budgetary limitations or just from what they wanted to do. The, the story, the focus is on Max and Chloe, which I think was a good choice because Max and Chloe is what carries the game, in my opinion. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. If one would say one of the protagonists, uh, Max or Chloe, would be a woman of color, do you think that would have a great impact? I mean, of course, you can always include a texture pack to change their skin color, but mm -hmm. I think I, ha I see no reason why either of them couldn't be a woman of color. Mm -hmm. It would definitely change the tenor of the story, and mm -hmm. certain plot beats would have to be rewritten. Like, mm -hmm. if you, say, for example, Chloe's a woman of color. Her interactions with David and the cops suddenly take on an entirely mm -hmm. different dimension. Yeah. Or if Max is a person of color, like, to do, a, to do it justice, mm -hmm is entirely possible mm -hmm. and i think may maybe it could have been better if they'd mm -hmm. done that mm -hmm. we of course we don't know because mm -hmm. they didn't mm -hmm. but it's definitely not impossible and i think mm -hmm. one of life is strange's biggest problems is that mm -hmm. there really aren't any people of color with significant mm -hmm. speaking roles mm -hmm. there's like hayden and daniel mm -hmm. and stella and brooke that's mm -hmm. about it mm -hmm. yeah correct Are there any taboos or red lines in the fandom? I mean, people are going to write whatever they're going to write. That's mm -hmm. one of the things about AO3 is that they don't police content, which mm -hmm. is probably a good decision on their part. Personally, I'm never going to depict something non-consenting or mm -hmm. a relationship with a large age gap positively. Like Chloe and Elliot, <laughs> that's no mm -hmm. <laughs> no same with jefferson and mm -hmm. any of his victims or frank and rachel those are just not okay or healthy things mm, okay mm. do you think there are still limits which should be widened or stretched like characters which are intersex if you're going to tell a story and you're going to do it well don't mm -hmm. like if you want to tell a story with a particular kind of character mm -hmm. Be they intersex, be they trans, be they non-binary, whatever. Mm -hmm. Just put some effort into doing it, doing them justice. Don't just assume you know everything. Go and do your research. Mm -hmm. Okay. What do you think? What impact Life is Strange had on the gamers community? Oh, I mean, it completely blew the telltale formula of games apart. <laughs> It's kind of hard to go from... Uh, Life is Strange, and then you go play like The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones or 
because of what Life is Strange has to say about choices mattering in games and the the, the structure of how those things play out, it just makes the Telltale games seem kind of trite by comparison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Currently, we are navigating in a filter bubble. What is your guess how games and fanfics will be received outside this filter bubble by society in the future? I mean, fan fiction in general is getting normalized. Uh, a lot of mm. fairly prominent authors are pretty open that they wrote fanfic. Uh, I know Stephen King started mm-hmm. off writing fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hell, the Divine Comedy is fan fiction. <laughs> mm. So anyone who throws shade at fanfic writers don't really know what they're talking about. But um, I had one commenter recently for statistics who isn't part of the Life is Strange fandom, and they really liked it and said that they were going to consider checking out the game because of my fan fiction. Oh. So that was that was a, a really emotional moment for me. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Are there any plans or projects for you in the future? May it not be fanfics, but but other stuff. I have so many plans. I have um, I have a to-do li- list of fic ideas that's like 10 pages long at this point. <laughs> um, I've got a lot of projects. Uh, some projects I just publish as soon as I do stuff. I've got two projects sitting right now, one of which is 80K Words, which is the first Ooh. fic I wrote, and another, another fic that's 55K Words now that I'm still working on and that I'm going to publish when it's finished. Oh, huh. okay. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I've I think I've written close to uh half a million words now. Whoa. Okay. That's amazing. So there are there any other things you want to focus on in the future? Uh right now I have serious brainworms for um Kate and Chloe as a ship. Mm-hmm. I I'll be fully honest, I I started off not thinking too much about Kate. She was just kind of a background character that I failed to save. And then I started writing and including her more. And she she's a really charming character. And I kind of accidentally ended up putting her in a relationship with Max and Chloe in my were- werewolf series. And that's a really fun triad to play around with. And that led me on to thinking about just Kate and Chloe without Max. And... I just think they make a really cute couple. Okay, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, so we are nearing the end of the show. So, yeah, is there anything you want to say to the community or give advice for potential fanfic writers? Anything in specific you want to share? For the f- potential writers out there, just start writing. <laughs> like, I know you're worried that you're not going to be able to do your ideas justice and that your your, your fic is going to suck. And I'll be completely honest, the first draft is probably going to suck. That's why you do a first draft, and then you edit it until it's good. Mm-hmm. Get people, find, bug friends to read it for, for you and give you feedback. And just start, or, well, you'll be amazed what you can do when you start doing it. No one just picks up a guitar and can play Freebird. You're not going to pick up your pen and write war and peace on the first try just get going and it'll come to you yeah good advice yeah cool (laughs) okay so where can your art be found then on the internet all my stuff pretty much can be found on uh, archive of our own under the handle rainbok you can also find me on twitter at rainbok writing and as rainbok on tumblr ah cool okay i will link in the show notes and yeah 
Then thanks, Rain, for being so open and sharing your thoughts and insights with us. And I'm excited to continue reading your current fanfic and, of course, new ones we'll see in the future. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being my guest and enjoy your weekend. See you then. You too. Bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Rainbok as much as I did. Please check out her wonderful stories. I will link the ones which we talked about in the show notes. I want to say a big thanks to Rain because she was my first interview partner for this podcast and it went so smoothly with her and filled my podcast with life. I hope we will meet again in the future. A short info about a three-part article series from Jesse Gregoire in Jump Dash Roll who will also focus on interviews with the fans which are part of the Life is Strange fandom six years after the release of their original game. Totally check this out. It's a highly recommended read. By the way, my catty is also interviewed in the last part of the series. The next episode will be about cosplay and CMVs. These are cosplay music videos. Stay tuned for the next episode scheduled for release at the last Sunday in March. If you have any good idea or feedback about the podcast or know a person I should really do an interview with, please let me know. You can reach me on Twitter or via email. I will link it in the description. P.S. If you wonder what happened to my guitar lessons, you are not the only one. Sorry, but I postponed this project a little bit. So thanks for listening to my podcast and spread the word. See you soon in and around Acadia Bay. Yours truly, Martin.